0: Welcome to Disability Matters with your host Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender.
1: Hey, hi everyone. Welcome to the show to everyone in North and South America, around the world. Oh my goodness, we have so many great listeners. We have uh, just fabulous people canada australia saudi arabia uh can you believe that russia uh finland i mean we have such great listeners i want to thank you thank you thank you to everyone with listeners around the world ireland you do so much in the uk Uh, I I really mean it. I appreciate it so much. And then to my superstar listeners in this country, oh my goodness, what would I do without you? I'll tell you, I wouldn't be on the air 21 years, which can you believe it? 21 years. Wow. Even hard for me to believe. Uh, And wait till I tell our guest in a few minutes who the very first guest was. 21 years ago when I absolutely had no idea what I was doing. But um, I love all of you. I mean it, I, I I just think you're awesome. Thank you for helping me spread the news about people living with disabilities. Hey, Yoshiko Dart. Yes, I am thinking of you, Yoshiko Dart. Special shout-out to you. And just so you know, I had a note from Janine Bertram telling me how much she liked that shout-out, Yoshiko. No surprise to me. Uh, You know, the show's been on 21 years, and I've got to tell you, our lead sponsor is Highmark. What a great company they are. And now we have Able First coming in for the quarter. And they too are just a fantastic organization. Fantastic. And with all of that, I get to introduce one of my favorite people in the whole world. My guest today, as we celebrate Black History Month, is Mr. Evan Frazier. You know, Fortune 100? He is in the top 100. In this region, he he was in. He won. That's what he was named in the top. But to me, he's mm-hmm. Numero Uno. Numero Uno, he is. Uh, Evan Frazier, welcome to the show.
2: Joyce Bender, thank you so much. What a privilege it is to be here. And I can't believe twenty-one years. That is incredible. I Congratulations. Know. That is just a fantastic uh, achievement. And I'm so honored to be here with you once again uh, as a part of uh, this uh, incredible Disability Matters show that you have been uh, you know, doing for so long. So great to
1: be here. I know. It's so, well, we're thrilled to have you. Are you ready? Ready for trivia? Here's the trivia. Uh, uh. Who was my first guest 21 years ago? And the answer is Ty Alexander. Oh, wow.
2: That's amazing.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, Ty is an Ty, incredible yeah, guy. I've talked to him in a couple of years, but he is, what a fantastic guy he is.
1: Yeah, first guest. Isn't that something? Um, and Uh-oh. now here we are all these years later, but I still remember uh, getting on the air thing. Oh, my goodness. What am I going to do here? <laughs> but that's how I started <laughs> with Ty. Um, and... I have told all the guests, Evan, that now that we have so many listeners, because we have been on for so long, no matter how many times someone is on, new listeners want to know your story, the story of the guest. They want to know about the person because they'll say, wait, this person is great. Tell me more about them. So, Evan, uh, as you know, storytelling is very powerful. Uh, let's start by you sharing with our listeners, you know, where you grew up, uh, maybe what your family life was like uh, when you went on to school and graduate school. Um, and you know, I always say, and how did we keep you in Pittsburgh? That is, thank God we did. But would you mind sharing a little bit about your background, your family, growing up in Pittsburgh for our listeners? Joy-
2: Joyce, it'd be my pleasure. So. So, yes, I grew up here in Pittsburgh, very proud to uh, be a Pittsburgher. Um, went to uh, Peabody High School, which is no longer Peabody. It's uh, now uh, a different, uh, I think it's Obama Academy, uh, but it's, it's a public school. Went to public school uh, throughout my years here growing up. Uh, I had two amazing parents. Um, you know, my father was, uh, was a teacher in, um, in fact, uh, he was a teacher in, for the Allegheny Intermediate Unit, where he used to uh, he used to be a blind mobility instructor, and wow. so uh, he he really uh, just uh, went around the county teaching people how to use the cane, teaching how to uh, uh, people with disabilities how to navigate. Um, uh, I never, you know, I never
1: knew that. I never knew that. Yeah. That is wow. That's something.
2: Yep, yep. I and like I have that? a mom who. Also incredible, my mom uh, was a teacher, but she went into real estate, she went into insurance, uh, and then came back to teaching. And uh, and then when she when she retired, she actually became a public official. She was, I believe, the first black woman public official uh, for uh, Allegheny County that was elected uh, in Allegheny County. Wow. Uh, and I believe that's her, her claim to fame, uh, but she also was uh, very much a civic leader. You know, one of those people who was very active in the women's movement, uh, very active in uh, her community with the civic association and other things. So she was very much, uh, very much a leader uh, in the community. So I was very fortunate. I had uh, an older brother and a younger sister, uh, Andy and Janine. And, uh, you know, I just kind of grew up in a middle class, uh, kind of middle class experience. Um, Since I was eight. Uh, I was a uh, paperboy. My brother and I started a paper route and so I did that for six years seven days a week for six years, starting at eight and uh, that really was the foundation for you know customer service, being consistent you know meeting demands uh, and then that that was very very powerful and then when i when I entered the high school and started taking other jobs got involved with uh, uh, an organization called Junior Achievement. Which was about entrepreneurship and you know teaching young people how to run businesses, and i was I did that all four years and uh, became the president of the company a couple of times and then would go on these conferences, national conferences uh some of the regional conferences as well and um one of the people I met along the way um, uh, happened to own a restaurant chain, and uh, I remember being a part of his session it was on business ethics and I remember. Uh, You know the person, Joyce, uh, because uh, it's someone who's uh, very known here in Pittsburgh. Uh, But I met this gentleman, and uh, I remember just participating in this business ethics course. And uh, at lunch, he came up and said, well, so what do you want to do? I said, well, I want to run businesses. And he said, well, have you ever considered restaurants? I said, not really. And uh, they started telling me about restaurants and that they were looking for someone that, if they were interested in, a career there that uh, you know they would consider paying for their college I was very you know that, that was a that was a turning moment for me I said you know I never considered it but I'm very open to that so that actually prompted me to think about hospitality uh, in, in that industry and going to school for that as well and so after I spent some time working for Eaton Park restaurants uh, and uh, the, the gentleman was Jim Broadhurst, who happened to be the seat C- chairman and CEO of Eaton Park and uh, uh, ended up uh, going to Cornell University in the uh, hotel school there, uh, studying hospitality management. So that's how it kind of ended up on that track. Um, So I went to Cornell, and then while I was there, uh, you know, just it was an incredible experience, but I also saw a need there that was emerging. And so I had the opportunity to be a part of a, a number of things, but One of the things that I did when I was there was I uh, had a chance to co-found something called NSMH, the National Society of Minorities in Hospitality. Uh, It was initially minority hoteliers, uh, but then it it expanded, and so uh, we built that organization while I was in college along with a few of my colleagues uh, at Cornell, and uh, it it became a national organization. At one point, uh, there were over 100 chapters. I don't think there's that many today, but uh over the years um uh, but it's still around uh, i was just at the 34th national conference uh this past um this past fall and so that's you know that's part of my journey um when i graduated uh went on to uh came back to pittsburgh um because um this company eaton park had invested in me uh i felt that it was important while there was no contractual arrangement but I felt that it was important uh, when, when people invest in you that you're also invested back in, in them. So I spent the next six years uh, out of their corporate office, uh, started in human resources, uh, moved into community relations, uh, and actually started the first community relations department. And, um, and along the way, I, had, uh, the, I was very fortunate that I uh, was able to do graduate school at Carnegie Mellon uh, their Heinz Heinz school uh, did a master of public management in the Heinz uh, college there and so that w- that became the, the initial part of my journey um, after uh, a number of years there I ended up wanting to go broader I uh, ended up spending some time going uh, you know I wanted to kind of get out of the box I wanted to get out of the Pittsburgh box I wanted to kind of get out of just restaurants I wanted to get out of just a number of things and broaden myself a bit. And so I found an opportunity to go overseas um, with the Henry Luce Foundation. Uh, Every year they select a a number of Luce scholars uh, for people to kind of live and work in Asia for a year. So that's what I did. And so I had this incredible opportunity to uh, be in Singapore and Hong Kong, uh, to study Mandarin, you know, during that time as well. Uh, just a very, uh, um, uh, enriching, eye-opening experience. Uh, if anyone ever has the chance to, um uh, an inclination to apply for that program, I highly recommend it. Uh, what, what an incredible time it was. Uh, but then after that, I felt like I had that broadening experience. Um, and I came back to Pittsburgh and found, uh, continued to find opportunities here. And I, you know, at that point I decided, you know, I really wanted to have an impact on my home community as long as I could still travel the world. Um, I wanted to be, you know, I, I thought Pittsburgh would be an incredible place uh, to grow. It's a great place, but if I could have impact here and still be broad and travel and, and do the things uh, at, a, at a much broader level, then, uh, you know, I, I felt that uh, that was an important reason to be in Pittsburgh. So I don't know how far I can continue on, but I I I, I uh, want to respect you know, the time and in those things. But uh, uh, do you want me to? Oh uh, uh, well,
1: we're gonna when we come back from break, we're gonna continue on. But I just want to yes. say you worked for two great people, the Broadhurst, and I just spoke for Jeff at a big event he had. Uh, their son. Such a great family. One of the first group, first companies to have people with disabilities working in there.
2: Oh, that's great. Yeah. I couldn't Uh, couldn't agree more.
1: Yep. But with that, we're going to go to break. If you just joined us, we are talking to Evan Frazier, President and CEO of the Advanced Leadership Institute. This is Joyce Bender. We'll be right back. Don't
3: go away. Streaming
2: live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: Everyone has unique abilities. And with AbleNow, individuals with disabilities are able to save money while maintaining certain benefits, such as Medicaid, ABLE NOW is a tax-advantaged savings program specifically designed for people with disabilities. Open an account online today and start saving for the things that are important to you. To learn if you or someone you know is eligible, visit ablenow.com. ABLE now is administered by Virginia 529. Since 1985...
2: Are you currently receiving SSDI or SSI and wanting to work? Did you know there is a free social security program called Ticket to Work to help you try work without risking your benefits? My Employment Options is an authorized SSA employment
3: network specializing in work at home and local job placement in 47 states. Our clients receive a personal counselor to help find the best job fit and a staff
2: certified benefits counselor for help with Ticket to Work protections. Ready to try working? Apply for free job placement help at My employment options.com
3: follow voice america at facebook.com forward slash voice america for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and
0: podcasts You're listening to Disability Matters. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joyce Bender.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome back. If you just joined us, we're talking to Evan Frazier, President and CEO of the Advanced Leadership Institute, as we celebrate Black History Month. And Evan, I mean, I was telling Evan at the break, wow, your background is unbelievable. Um, and Evan, you, you went on then t- to Bidwell training. Is that what happened next? Where did you go next? Yes.
2: Yes. So when I came back from Asia, um, I came, I, I had run into Bill Strickland, uh, who had invited me to join the board of Manchester Craftsman's Guild prior to leaving. Um, And he said, well, so what are you doing? I said, well, I just got back, and I'm starting to look for opportunities to, you know, back here in Pittsburgh. And so the long uh, and short of it is I ended up working for him. Uh, He has an organization, uh, several organizations. One was Bidwell Training Center. The other was Manchester Craftsman's Guild. Uh, They also had several other entities. One was even a food service company. And so he... uh, uh, I happened to get there right at the time they, they were forming the Manchester Bidwell Corporation, which was combining all of those entities, uh, most of them non-profit, a, a couple for-profit, into one uh, single organization, uh, which was the Manchester Bidwell Corporation. So I had the privilege of starting out there, uh, ended up becoming a senior vice president there uh, over the next couple of years, and uh, what an incredible... Uh, uh, experience that was. And Bill, uh, if you don't know about Bill Strickland, please learn about him. He was one of the, um, innovators in the whole social leaders and social entrepreneurship. And so just an incredible experience. Uh, and I believe that's where I met Joyce Bender. Um, and, uh, it was during that time period. Um, I then, um, had, uh, was looking to, you know, broaden my horizon a little bit, be a little bit more traditional. I always had this. Um, perspective in my head that I would want to be able to move between both the public and the private sectors, you know, and, and, and build careers in both. And so I felt I needed to get back onto the corporate side. So I ended up looking for opportunities, found an opportunity uh, to go uh, with, to work for PNC um, in, in strategic planning. So I became a vice president of strategic planning at PNC. Uh, which was, uh, wow, it just opened me up to a whole new industry that I had not been a part of, um, uh, banking and finance. Uh, and I spent, uh, uh about two years in strategic planning and then, uh, a little bit, uh, maybe, maybe, uh, half a year or so, maybe a little longer in the uh, area called finance communications within PNC. Uh, then got, uh, recruited to, uh, work as the executive director of an organization, was a comprehensive community agency called the Hill House Association. So I became the executive director there, uh, which, uh, you know, uh, over the course of the six years I spent there, became their president and CEO, and had the fortune of having people like Joyce Bender on my board. And oh, uh, I loved so, uh, I loved it. I was loved
1: so honored it. when you loved came it. to
2: be a part of our board, Joyce. You were incredible. I,
1: I was honored to yeah. be on the
2: yeah. But then well, they it, it lost you. Really, yep, yep. And uh, so, so I spent, uh, like I said, uh, uh, Hill House was a comprehensive community agency from working with young kids to uh, youth services. They had something called family work, uh, force development, um, neighborhood development, and then we had senior services. So we really had a broad spectrum of outreach. Uh, so uh, after uh, six years, I ended up getting recruited by uh, another amazing company. Uh, in the, in, uh, located headquartered in Pittsburgh, but has a much far further reach is, uh, called Highmark, Highmark Health now. And so I ended up uh, becoming the senior vice president of Highmark Health, uh, where I was in charge of community relate, uh, community fairs, uh, for the organization. And, uh, believe it or not, I spent 11 years at Highmark. It's hard to believe. Uh, it was 11 years and, uh, uh just, uh, you talk about, uh, I, I love what you said earlier, you know, Highmark is one of the sponsors. But also, I remember, and you, know, you mentioned Ty Alexander, who was uh, the head of HR at Highmark. And just what a powerful connection between Highmark and what they do and the connection with, uh, with vendor uh, consulting and, and the work that you've been doing over the years. Uh, I feel, feel very fortunate to be with a company that had the mindset that they would invest in people you know uh, and serve people with disabilities in the way that they do.
1: Yeah. yeah uh, they was, are uh, they was, are amazing.
0: Absolutely. They're the greatest company. Uh, now this are, leads me to
1: are. this leads me to what you do now. I want to know, what I want to know is how did this happen? Like what made you decide to do this? What was the thing that said, "I'm gonna. Uh, this is what I want to do." How how did you yeah. come up with this whole idea? Yeah, for so I, I think for part- the Advanced Leadership Institute, and probably you should also tell everyone what the what Tally is, what it is.
2: Sure, sure, sure. So so Tally's mission is to cultivate Black executive leadership to strengthen companies, institutions, and communities. That's what Tally is. Um, and we do it through really creating these comprehensive community service agencies. I'm sorry, uh, so, so we really do it through partnering and creating these world class executive leadership programs. Um, uh, basically, that uh, uh, you know help will help to prepare and propel uh, uh, black leaders for uh, executive advancement. And so that was kind of the idea behind it. And the, the way, the reason it came about. I just remember, um, you know, having multiple conversations in the community, um, you know, uh, with peers and colleagues and uh, people all around uh, about the frustration that there is such uh, a small presence of black leadership in these major companies, you know, and, you know, in, in, that, uh, in how we had lost so much ground over the past 20 years. Uh, so uh, this was um, 2016. Uh, uh, that actually started to write the concept paper for for the Advanced Leadership Institute, or, or for short, sometimes people call it Tali, T A L I. And what was noticed is that in the you know 20 years ago, 10 years ago, uh, from that point in time, you can almost point to every major company, and there were senior level black leadership there. And uh, but that had eroded. And so you looked around, there was hardly any leadership, and uh, so essentially we had there was a study done, and uh, the person who commissioned the study, Greg Spencer, who uh, I know you know dearly, um, looked at the top 25 organizations, like uh, top 25 public companies in our region and was trying to get an understanding of C-suite representation. You know, the, the C-suite, for those who may not be familiar with the term, it's, those, those in the corporation that report directly to the CEO, they're at the, at the really senior levels. And, and it's really important to have representation at those levels. And in a city where the city was 24% African-American, uh, at the county we were about 13%. In the region, it was 11%. But in terms of black C-suite representation, we were less than... Not 1%, 0.1%, mm-hmm. 0.1%. So it was it was almost negligible. And we were far behind our other peer cities. And so in the broader community, there was awareness, and you, you would hear rhetoric uh, from time to time uh, about how it's so important we've got to figure out and uh, become more diverse, have more diverse leadership in our region. There just didn't seem to be a solution that was already built, and I didn't see any uh, tracks where um, there was a direct pathway there, and so that's really the impetus for how uh, Tally or the Advanced Leadership Institute came to be. Um, it was people like Ty Alexander, you know, uh, when when he was uh, back at Highmark, uh, was just one example, or Aaron Walton uh, and, and folks like that, um, Greg Spencer, who were in these sweet roles. But then, as time evolved, it had just eroded, and so. So really, in 2016, um, I took my summer, uh, when I was away for vacation that summer, I just took my computer and my notepad and started to write this idea of uh, of um, a concept that I had shared and been talking with a few friends uh, over the past few years. and uh, really took the time to really refine it, make it crystal in my mind. Uh, and then when I came back, I started to share this document pretty widely you know, across our region with uh, other black professionals, with funders, with corporate representatives, to to just get feedback. And so based on that feedback, a couple things emerged. One was uh, there was a sense that, okay, um, there was clearly a need, and people felt were pretty excited about it. Uh, There were a couple cautions. One was, you know, one, you've got to have corporate bias. You know, because you can't just have these educational classes that people go to and there's no connection to their company because that won't work. They'll just get frustrated and leave. So I've had to have a corporate buy-in. But the other thing that was said is you needed to have a strong academic partner that's going to work with you uh, in, in, in that way. And so after spending six months or so doing that uh, and getting the feedback, I reached out to... Uh, the the dean of the Tepper School of Business at Carnegie Mellon University, and I had a relationship there. In fact, uh, uh, in addition to being an alum at CMU, I also had the fortunate opportunity to serve as a, on the board of trustees for six years. And so I had just rolled off a year or two beforehand, from, uh, uh, um, maybe a year and a half before, and and uh, uh, reached out to the dean, shared the concept. The dean got excited about it, and so we start, started to partner with the, the executive education team at the temper School to build what's called the Executive Leadership Academy, which is the very first program uh, out of the institute that we created. In fact, at the time, Tally was an initiative. It wasn't the institute at that point in time. And so it was Tally, the Advanced Leadership Initiative. And so from that point in time, um, we took ahead uh, the, uh, you know, we were able to launch our first Cohort of African American professionals in 2019, we had uh, we had 23. Uh, in 2020, we had uh, 28. So the word kept growing, and we kept uh, kind of expanding from that perspective. And then uh, it, it was in that second year that's when COVID uh, hit, and uh, we had to make a decision: are we going to try to wait it out, or we're going to lean into it and go virtual? And so we decided, you know, at the end of the day, we didn't know how long this was going to last, but we couldn't stop. We had already started cohort, so we leaned in and converted virtually. And fortunately, we had an incredible partner in Carnegie Mellon from a technology standpoint, and just um, just what they bring to the table is really amazing, their reputation as well as their capabilities. And so we were able to continue our program virtually um, in 2020, 2021, and then also, uh, it was, um, uh, kind of late 2020 into 2021. Um, uh, we received our first, uh, seven figure grant, uh, from the Richard King Mellon Foundation. Uh, had an opportunity to speak with their, their, uh, director, their, their director. Um, and, uh, he asked about the concept, um, uh, of, of where we're heading and those type of things. And as a result, uh, we had a first seven-figure grant to expand TALI from being the Advanced Leadership Initiative to creating the Advanced Leadership Institute. Uh, at that point is when I approached uh, Highmark uh, and, and the CEO of Highmark. Uh, and, and, you know, we have our first, you know, major seven-figure grant to create the Institute. I said, but I need a lead corporate grant. Yeah. And um, as a result, um, of, of those conversations and some great support with, with the company. Uh, they invested a, a major grant from uh, the foundation and from the company uh, to help us take that next level, and it was at that point I had to really determine in my life, you know, would I continue to try to do both? I mean, at that time, I was kind of doing two full-time jobs, and I decided to really give Tally the opportunity to really grow and, and expand the way that we wanted to not here in Pittsburgh, but also nationally. I felt that it needed to be, uh, I needed to be fully in it. So that's when I made the transition to, um, you know, come to uh, to Tally, um and it became the Advanced Leadership Institute. So I, I began. It, I can't believe it's three years ago. You know, uh, it was March. Uh, it was March of 2021 that I ended up starting here, and so once we created the Institute, we established several other programs. We have an Emerging Leaders Program that's for folks a little earlier in their careers, in addition to the Executive Leadership Academy for for executives and (laughs) mid-level managers who have higher-level aspirations, so we had started Emerging Leaders, and then today, we are now... uh, I'll, I'll say last year... Um, we had started our first national program where we bring people from across the country to Pittsburgh, to Carnegie Mellon. It's done kind of in a hybrid solution where you spend a full week here. Uh, you do uh, virtual programming uh, during parts of it, and then we bring people back to Pittsburgh for another full week uh, and still has major, major impact. <laughs> and so, so we launched our first program. We now have 196 alumni. We are in our wow. sixth, We're in our sixth cohort for the uh, Pittsburgh uh, uh, kind of the, the Executive Leadership Academy that we launched here in Pittsburgh. We're in our sixth cohort, our third cohort for the emerging leaders, and this year we'll start our second cohort for the national program. So we've, we've launched 10 cohorts at this point, uh, with 196 alumni, and we are, we're, going, we're continuing to expand. I have an incredible team right now. Uh, folks, um, people like Alexis Steels, who's our VP of Operations, um, recruited uh, Kelvin Stovall, uh, who is um, our director of executive programs. He's actually based out of Charlotte. Uh, and just uh, we, we started to build, we have a team of about seven of us, uh, both employees and contractors that are, are now kind of pushing this thing out uh, even further, so... That kind of brings you up to date. And so uh, my, my mission now is to continue to expand what we're doing locally, uh, but also to build nationally. And well, one last thing I'll share is that we are seeing the impact. Uh, we we had decided that um, we're going to measure the progress and the impact of our graduates for two years after they finish our programs. And I'm pleased to share that the first year we did it, uh, the first cohort, after two years, eighty-seven percent of them were promoted uh, within you know within that period of time or had expanded uh, response significant expanded responsibilities, eighty-seven uh, percent. for our second cohort, it was ninety-six percent. And wow. so we continue to look at the data, we continue to monitor the progress, we continue to see the excitement. And then once you graduate and are part of the tally network, Uh, that becomes a part of your network for life. And so we're doing alumni programming. We're doing events. We're keeping people connected. uh, And it is a very, very powerful thing. And um, so when I think about the Tally community, it's not only the 196 alumni. It's the people who are currently in our cohorts. It's the executive mentors where we do one-to-one mentors uh, in our programming. Um, it's the executive coaches uh, in, our, uh, in our Executive Leadership Academy and in our National Executive Leadership Academy. We have uh, coaches that uh, provide support to each individual person. We have an incredible partner in Carnegie Mellon. Uh, we have volunteers. Uh, it has just been something very, very special. Joyce, you are one of our executive mentors, uh, and I thank you for that. And we have a whole community of folks who are pushing to push thing, this thing out further and to really invest uh, in diverse talent.
1: You know what? I am so proud of you. And this is such a great program. So great. I hope. What is your website, Evan?
2: Our website is tallyinstitute.org. That's TaliInstitute.org. That's T-A-L-I Institute.org.
1: Oh, you got to go check that out, everyone! And we'll be right back with Evan. We got to take a quick news break. Uh, I think we have Gerald. Are you there?
3: I'm here, Joyce.
1: Hi, Gerald. How are you?
3: I'm great. Hi, Joyce, and hi, Evan. Thank you for all that you're doing in our community, as always. Well, thank you. Thank you.
1: And and if, and if you're all wondering where's perry jude who does our news cast uh every week she is going to be back in one month she had to take some time off but she'll be back and until then gerald Homey is taking her place so gerald what news do you have for us today
3: and i'm honored to get a chance to to, to sit here in this spot we miss you perry jude but uh, excited to bring you some news. A few weeks ago, we talked about the exciting ruling where the U.S. Census decided not to recategorize how it defines disability, which we were so excited about. Um, And an interesting piece about that in the, something you hear a lot about in the news today is AI. And when they were taking comments about this, ruling in December and opening up from the community, there was a tool put out that allowed people with disabilities to use AI to assist them in making comments about this piece of legislation, this decision, and assisting people with intellectual disabilities and other disabilities to weigh in, which is a a great tool. But there's a lot of things with AI, as you may know, Joyce, uh, from your work with Ted Kennedy Jr., that also is uh, something we need to keep our eye on in the disability community. So I thought this was an interesting thing to talk about because last week we also talked about the exciting ruling that is preventing federal health programs from using Qualies or quality adjusted life years from determining whether a person with a disability gets access to health care. And the tools that come up with measuring what equality is are often AI tools that make that determination. So we need to keep an eye on AI in the disability community and how it's impacting us. It's used a lot in our world of recruiting and hiring people. And a lot of times, AI can be um, discriminatory against people with disabilities. By doing, they use tools such as interview assistants that will track eye movement to look for eye contact or facial expressions for engagement in an interview on a video call, which would be not as inclusive for somebody who has autism and may not be able to engage in the same way as somebody else with other disabilities, or resume scanning tools that will leave out a person with a disability that has a gap in their experience because they gained their disability during that time. So we need to keep an eye on the future of AI for both the instances when it can help us and it aid us in our fight, but also when it is often built by people without disabilities, without our perspective, in the technology. So AI is yet another space where it can't be about us without us.
1: Ah, amen to that. And uh, Gerald, thank you so much for that news update. And yes, great news, but at the same time, everyone, especially in the disability community, keep your eye out on what's going on with artificial intelligence. Thank you, Gerald, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you, Joyce, and
3: thank you again, Evan. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it.
1: This is something, Evan, that can be a problem because you know if uh, – I'll give you an example. Let's say you had an accident and you were off work. Uh, you've n- you're now paralyzed and you were off work for a year or whatever it is. Now you can go apply for a job and maybe uh, possibly – not get it because of that gap so you know there are a Mm. lot of things going on we got to keep our eye out Uh, and so do you for what's going on uh, with human resources systems that are making a lot of these decisions Uh, I wanted wanted to ask you as I said uh, this is just a fabulous program Uh, the uh, Advanced Leadership Institute known as TALLY how does someone get involved as far as a company is concerned?
2: Yeah, so, so there are numerous ways for someone to get involved uh, within their organization. Very often, companies will uh, uh, partner with us. And as a partner or sponsor organization, they have an opportunity to um, uh, send people to our various programs. right? And, and, and so they're able to kind of reserve space. Uh, as people apply to our programs for their organizations so they can kind of plan as as a part of their future pipeline as far as development within their, um, you know, talent development areas. And so very often you'll have companies that will partner with us uh, and, and make a commitment to send sending people every year to either our Executive Leadership Academy, uh, our Emerging Leaders Program, and, and now uh, we have our national program, so that's been an option for many companies who – have a footprint here, but also have uh, employees all across the country. So it allows them to uh, even more flexibility to be able to include their folks. So that's one way people come to us. The other way that we get candidates is people apply uh, directly, uh, and then they go to their company and ask their company to support them uh, to come through our program. And we do have a uh, uh, admissions process, so we, we it's all on our website, and um, so we, as we open that up, we go through, you know, we have a selection committee and making sure that, you know, uh, there's the right fit for each each of our programs. But uh, very much uh, uh, companies are involved. Uh, we think it's so important for companies to invest in their diverse talent. Uh, our goal is not to put a financial burden on any individual's shoulders, and, and that really we want to make sure we ensure that that corporate buy-in is there. Yeah, so that is really key. One of the things that we'll be focused on, uh, even this, this coming year will be, you know, providing, um, enrichment, kind of executive education, even for some of the companies, our corporate partners that are out there. So doing some special things to make sure that, uh, they are up to date on, on, certain very critical topics as, as relates to diversity, uh, as relates to uh, the workforce and, and the things that we're focused on. So, so yes, a lot yep. of corporate involvement, very, very important.
1: Well, you know what else I love about this is, um, you know, it's hard to get access, especially when you're coming uh, from a protected class group, what, you know, whether it's African-American or a disability uh, or uh, Latina, even women, okay? It's hard sometimes to get access to knowing people in Pittsburgh in that C-suite, And that's why I love this program because not only do you have your mentor, but when you go to an event, you know, all the other people are there, and that alone is worth so much. Just to get that is worth so much. So, you know, I think this program is outstanding in so many ways. And I have to ask you, uh, Evan, do you have an example of a success story?
2: Oh, my goodness. Uh, we, we we have a lot of them. It's just, just trying to figure out which, which is the right one to share. Um, so so let me just say a, a, a typical success story um, uh, for, for Tally will be someone who comes into our program, you know, who, who uh, felt like they were kind of limited, just felt like they got stuck in middle management and almost kind of gave up hope. You know, that there's opportunities to advance here because, um, you know, when we started Tally, uh, it was really to address two things. One is those folks who get stuck in middle management and felt like they couldn't, they couldn't grow in our region. So they would leave to go to other cities in order to find that ability to grow. The other thing is people would leave, and particularly African Americans would leave the city because they felt isolated, they felt disconnected, Mm -hmm. they didn't see other. Um, yep. you know, black leaders uh, like themselves and felt like they were out there on their own. And so uh, they would leave, not because they didn't have a good job, but they, they just didn't feel uh, a sense of community. They didn't feel like they belong. Right. And so we sought to change that. And uh, what we found is that we were able to really change that in a powerful way. I can, I can uh, share just numerous examples of individuals um, I'll, and I'll, I, I, since I didn't speak to him beforehand, I won't put him out there to live. But I just remember one individual, um, worked for a financial institution. Um, he, uh, um, you know, felt that, you know, he he really wanted to grow, um, and he, he really wanted to expand, but just didn't really have that, um, the network that was here to create those opportunities in, in a, a short period. I re, I'll never forget. Um, he was part of uh, the organization. He ended up uh, uh, leaving the organization to go to another organization They had this major opportunity to be in kind of a top, I mean, literally, two reporting relationships from the CEO um, and and uh, was able to secure that mainly because his relationships with Tally allowed him the visibility and the connection with getting to know the CEO. And so the CEO was able to speak up for this person uh, and, and really gave him, uh, him an opportunity to advance into that very, very senior role, right? And, uh, and so that's just one example. I, I can tell you numerous examples. I'll, I'll never forget uh, one of the people in our very first cohort um, uh, who uh, is from Pittsburgh, who seemed to know a lot, who knows A lot of people, you know, she she could be the mayor, you know, and so she assumed that she would know most of the people in the class and came in and only knew like two. (laughs) And so it turned out she met another 20 black professionals doing just incredible things. She didn't know were even here in Pittsburgh. And that same phenomenon is what we found happens Every single class that we do, people are so. No,
1: out, so that is interesting. Yeah, that is really interesting. Wow, that's good. Well, hey, Evan, oh, uh, I think we, I think we have a caller on the line here. Caller, Scott, are you on the line?
0: I am
3: Joyce. Uh, good afternoon, and hello, Evan. How are you doing hello. today?
2: I'm great, thank you,
3: Evan. I just, oh, I just wanted to call and thank you, Evan, for. Being just an awesome board member for the uh, the Bender Leadership Academy, you are just uh, an amazing person and, and, and does so much for the community. So I wanted to, to a call or um, to thank you for that, and b I uh, wanted to say congratulations because I saw in the Pittsburgh Business Times that you were mentioned for the twenty twenty four Power One Hundred. So congratulations!
2: Uh, th- thank you so much, Scott. And, and it was an incredible. Um, it's really incredible to be on the Vendor Leadership Board, the work that uh, is being done there, that you're doing, that Joyce is doing. Uh, it is truly my honor and pleasure.
1: Well, it is ours well, we- also. And and by the way, Scott runs the Vendor Leadership Academy, Scott Hammerstrom. Scott, thank you so much for calling in.
3: You're quite welcome. Thank you so
2: much, and thank you, Evan. Thank you, Scott. Uh, you're, you're, uh, right. you're doing wonderful things. Thank you. Oh, I appreciate I, that. Bye-bye.
1: I should just mention to all of you listening with disabilities, two things. One, in that tally program, when uh, Evan called me, one of the mentees, African-American, female in a wheelchair, So if you're listening, wondered, hey, what's, you know, how about disability? He included disability. That's number one. Number two, he is on the board of the Bender Leadership Academy, helping young people, high school students with disabilities uh, about the world of work, about fighting bullying, about mental health issues, about public speaking, believing in themselves. So I want you all to know he is involved in the disability community, and I thank you again so much for everything you do for those high school students, Evan.
2: Oh, no, no, thank you. Like I said, what a privilege it is. And I'm also uh, just pleased to share with you that the the person that you're referring to who uh, was uh, uh, the person uh, with disability in our cohort, uh, we're, she has started a consulting business, and uh, tally is going to be one of her very first clients as she's getting launched into her next direction so we just met the other day can't be more excited what an incredible incredible person she is uh, so I'm looking forward to that and thank you for you know answering the call and, and, and working uh, to be a mentor what uh, you you've done a great thing by by uh, putting yourself you, you have so many things you can be doing across the globe and that you are doing to take the time to be an executive mentor for our program means so much. So thank you, Joyce, for what you're doing.
1: Oh, my pleasure. And we are talking about superstar Angela Green. If you are in western Pennsylvania or beyond and you're looking for an executive, she is executive level management consulting, Just get in touch with me at either BenderConsult.com or VoiceAmerica.com and I will put you in touch. Another great example of Tally. So before we end the show uh, today, uh, Evan, one question I have is, you know, you're so giving, so wonderful, such a great board member, friend. My question is, who impacted you so much? You know, who is your role model?
2: Uh, that's an that's a, a amazing question. You know, I think about there are so many folks uh, I am so grateful for, you know, starting with my parents, uh, but also uh, just along the way, um, uh, people who have influenced my life and my career. Um, I, I'll, the, the person, though, I, I'm going to point to right now is someone who's been a mentor for me uh really through my professional journey you know um and like i said there were, there there've been many many people you know Aaron Walton uh, uh you know uh, um, kick, kick things off for me uh, along with uh, uh Dave O'Brien over at Highmark but the, the person i'm going to point to is is Greg Spencer right now because Greg um you know his heart is in mentoring his heart is in the community i happen to be one of the just many, many, many people that he has personally mentored over the years. And I uh, feel very fortunate, I think, about, um, you know, integrity and the integrity that he brings to every situation, uh, but a real, a real true heart for um, business and for community. You know, Ventured Out started his own business. Uh, but but uh, I, I would have to say Greg Spencer is uh, has really been that guy consistently over the years um, and uh, very, very grateful to Greg. And the example that he leads, uh, he's uh, uh, co- uh, we, uh, well, early on when we were starting Tally, uh, he became very involved, became our founding co-chair at Tally. Uh, and, and so I would say Greg. And uh, the work that he's done, even prior to that, he started this incredible mentoring program for uh, mid-level African-Americans to connect them with senior-level African-American leaders, you know, 15 years, 20 years before we even started Tally. And so um, I I would have to say he's the person that really stands out in my mind when I think about the example uh, that he's provided for not just me, but for so many others.
1: Oh, he is awesome. That is a great example uh, of a servant leader and someone yep. who really cares. Uh, yep. I just think so highly of him. So what yep. a great example that you have given uh, and I know there are so many, but if you tried to list everyone, we would be on here forever. Uh, we, right, Evan?
2: We, we would be on here. We'd be on here forever. I mean, there's, there's you know, I, I think about people like Ray Bettler, who, who just you uh, talk about servant leaders. I don't know if you've met Ray, but he exemplifies that in everything he does. Uh, there, there's just some incredible folks. So, but I did at least want to uh, acknowledge um, uh, Greg in your, in your questions.
1: Well, Evan, thank you so much for being with us today. It was truly a pleasure to have you on the show. And as we continue celebrating Black History Month, Carrie Stith from PNC will be our guest next week. But we end every show with a quote. And this was in President Obama's Oval Office uh, on the actually i think on the floor when you walked in and it was this quote the arc of the moral universe is long but it bends towards justice said dr martin luther king jr what a great quote this is joyce bender america's voice where disability matters at voiceamerica.com I'll talk to you next week and remember in the words of Mary Procker when you go out today remember to choose joy